Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for January 25th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports underscore on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy on Instagram for fantasy football and for sports takes and at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing for everything horse racing. Wow. What a day of football we had yesterday. We hit both sides. Unfortunately, our props did not hit. That's where we came up in the red. I'll dive into that a little bit more. But before that, big news broke on Saturday with the Lions and Matt Stafford mutually agreeing to part ways. And I just want to dive into that very first because I am a Lions fan and I like Matty Stafford. Besides being a good football player, great guy off the field with all the work he's done in the Detroit community. And everyone's going to see how truly talented and good this guy is. He is going to be talked about a lot more if he goes to a winning franchise. If he goes to New England, Indianapolis, Saints, 49ers, wherever. If he goes to a winning culture, he's going to be talked about among the elite. And that's where he belongs. He's an elite quarterback in the league. And I'll be honest, Lions have constructed one of the worst staffs. Now, granted, the DB coach Hall that they hired from the Saints, I think he's going to be a good D.C., but you hire a WWE guy to be your fucking coach, and then you hire Anthony Lynn to be your offensive coordinator? Really? That is what you're doing? I mean, that is an awful coaching staff. And the one thing I remember about Lynn, on Hard Knocks, they did this thing where they wanted to see like the best leaper, and that would be the goal line back. Eckler won the contest, but yet Joshua Kelly is the goal line back. That makes zero fucking sense. Anthony Lynn has proven that he doesn't know how to win. He plays game not to plays games not to lose, and that's who you got as your offensive coordinator. And I see everyone on Lions Twitter because I I am a part of Lions Twitter hyping the hire. Like, what the fuck are you guys watching? But I, then again, it goes back to what I've been seeing. Everyone is in this. Oh, we can't say anything negative. It was a good hire. No, fuck that. If it's a bad hire, it's a bad fucking hire. Fucking say it. And the Lions made a bad fucking hire. And Stafford, after all the years of just bullshit, he just wants out. And I don't fucking blame him. I literally do not fucking blame him. And I'll tell you what. If he goes to the Patriots, Colts, or 49ers, I'm putting a future bet on him to win it all. I'll tell you guys that right now. Now, let's jump into the football games. First game, Bucks 31, Packers 26. Interesting game. Really, really interesting game. The things that stood out for me was, A, the Bucks are running way too much on first down. They're getting way too predictable. But what was up with the end of the fucking first half? Like, for me, that's when the game swung and put it out of control. So the Packers got blown up. Rodgers got a sack. There was like 40-some seconds left. Buccaneers called a timeout. And it's third, either second or third down. And... Why the fuck are you passing the ball there? All your momentum was lost. You know, less than a minute left. You don't want to give Brady the ball and have him a chance to get the score. Just run a fucking draw there and just milk the clock. When instead you force a pass, it got picked off. And what are you doing? No one is talking about that play. 
And that was a awful decision by LaFleur. LaFleur is going to get heavily criticized, and rightfully so. He coached a fucking shitty game. He can bitch and moan about fucking PIs all he fucking wants to. But him calling a pass play there flipped the game because it led to seven. Then, after that, the Buccaneers, I thought for sure they were going to punt the ball. Elect to go for it on fourth down. Then you have King on an island on Scotty Miller. Now, for those of you that don't know, King has a leg injury and can't run at 100%. And yet you got have that guy on a fucking island and you have him on the field in that situation. That was fucking brutal. And it lost the first half under and it lost the prop. More points scored second half and first half than me. And my guys. So, I mean, we're definitely on the right side of that. But Jesus Christ, the game was won on that exchange. The last minute of the first half won the game for the Buccaneers. As much as anyone may say the floor trying to go, not going for it or whatnot. That won the game for the Bucs. That last minute of coaching blunders and coaching mistakes by LaFleur and his staff won the game. Now, in the second half, Bucks were definitely playing not to lose. Way too much running, especially early on in the downs. Defense wasn't getting to Rodgers as much. And Brady was making some awful decisions, awful passes that led to picks. I mean, granted, a couple were off the fingertips. But that's another thing. Like I said on the Geno podcast, that's what G said. Godwin had the great advantage. Why aren't you going to Godwin more in those situations? And why are you forcing the ball to fucking Mike Evans? That's the thing I'll never understand. If you have a distinctive advantage, pick the shit out of that advantage. And Godwin should have been getting the ball in those circumstances. We missed our Godwin prop by one fucking catch. And also some dude on Action Network. This is why I hate the Action Network. Some dude on the Action Network is touting, hitting a prop that he bought down to over four and a half at minus 250. That is a fucking god-awful bet. And it hits. Good for him. And sometimes bad bets hit. And that's a fucking god-awful bet. And he hit it and he's fucking touting it. How fucking bad is that? That just blows my mind. And people are fucking like hyping him for it too. Shows me he knows nothing about betting. But that's the action that worked for you. But anyway, in the second half, you know, LaFleur went for two, which is the right play. I mean, going for two there is a right play. And I... The thing about the field goal that just blows my mind is even if, like, I mean, he made it. Don't get me wrong. He made it. You still need a touchdown there. And you have the MVP who's playing at an insane level. Granted, on third down, he should have ran because there was nobody in front of him. But he didn't see that. That's fine. He was lying on his arm. Um, You have the MVP. Let him make a play. Even if you don't get it, it's going to be first down on the Buccaneers' eight-yard line. And you have the two-minute warning and all your timeouts. And you punt, and then you drive down again. It just, it legitimately, it just did not make any fucking sense what LaFleur did. And now Aaron Rodgers, after the game, is like, I don't know. Maybe I'm out of here. I don't know what my future is. So it's just... I mean, is Green Bay two championship losses in a row in conference championship? And are they just going to fucking say, fuck it, you're out? With the cap hit, I just don't understand how he can't leave. How he can leave, excuse me. 
And I mean, for those of you that saw Liz Gomez from Barstool Sports, I mean, she was shook. She was like crying that we may have saw his last game. And I'm like, Jesus. So she thinks he's gone, but I don't know. I really, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to come back. But with what the Packers did in that draft this year, they did nothing. Absolutely nothing to make that team better. And they still made it to the conference championship game. They did nothing in the draft that made their team better. Like, Granted, they got A.J. Dillon, who's obviously going to be RB number one going into next year. But they did absolutely nothing to make that team better. And they still made it this far. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. So it's going to be an interesting offseason in Green Bay. Props to Tampa Bay. I'll tell you what, I wasn't high on this Tampa Bay team, especially after Vera got hurt, but, you know, they turn it around, and they're peaking at the right time. Now, the late game, KC 38, Bills 24, like I said on the Gino Bacala podcast, the last thing I said is be careful, the trendy dog, and that's what the Bills were. Bills were the trendy dog, and like I said when I talked about the game on his podcast, this game was hard for me to find a side, and I finally locked in the Chiefs and sent it out to my guys. Because everybody was on the Bills. And everything that I've seen of the Bills the last two weeks told me not to play them. Every metric I look at told me to play the Bills. My eyes told me not to play the Bills. And that's why it's important as betters not to fall in love with these metrics and everything. You still have to use your eyes of what you see on the field. And the way the Bills were playing the last two weeks, you you can't play them. You cannot play them in, those situa- in, the, in that game yesterday. And if you did... You guys got to use your eyes more. Bills got up a quick 10-0, drove down Bassett a 51-yarder. Then Marco Hardman dropped a punt, which killed the momentum that the Chiefs had. I really thought the Chiefs were in a little bit of trouble, but they marched right down the field. And, of course, that drop punt cost me another prop total and first half under. And I'm definitely going to have to – I'm in it. Like – if you guys follow me last year, first half unders were my bet. I was great at first half unders. This year, first half unders haven't been my bet. So, obviously, next year moving forward, those first half under bets that I did a lot are out the window now. Um, But back to this game. Dropped it. Knox scored the touchdown. And then just the barrage just came. Oh, my God. It was boom, 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 boom. 21 points. By KC, late bass field goal. But, I mean, the big difference in the game was Chiefs were 31 in red zone defense. And the Bills in the red zone weren't able to score. So, that was the key to the game right there. And when you're playing a team as good as Kansas City is, even with Mahomes with a banged up foot, you can't be driving all the way down to the red zone and settling for three points. That's not going to win anything in this league. Anything at all. And that's what the fucking... Bills were doing. They were driving down and settling for three. They needed to be able to punch it in. Now, in terms of Kansas City, I'll say it. I truthfully feel that they need to be playing Williams more. Williams is a better running back than Alaris. Alaris too small, can't get the tough yards. They do a better job with Williams in their running than they do Alaris. Um, Mahomes was Mahomes. I mean, 29 for 38 and a con- playing. He still has a concussion, guys. I hate to break it to you, but he still is concussed. And a bum leg. 
Hill, 9 for 172. Kelsey, 13 for 118. I just, oh my God, like, that was just impressive. Their defense played great. But the thing that I don't get is KC struggles against the run and defending running backs out of the backfield. And Singletary, you know, he's their most explosive player. Frank Gore is out. Frank Gore, excuse me, not Frank Gore. Zach Moss is out. Gore only had 16 rushes for 17 yards and two catches for 49. They used TJ Oldman Yeldon more out of the backfield than they did Singletary. And that's what this Bills team needs. They need a running game. They need to be able to find someone to run the ball. Yes, Allen is transcending and moving forward. And he's doing way better than I thought he would do this year. He played great, but in playoff football, 7 for 88, and that's your leading rusher. That's Josh Allen yesterday. That's not going to fucking cut it. That is not going to fucking cut it at all. And then when he gets sacked, did anyone see when he got sacked at the end of the game, he threw the ball at the KC player's head? All these unsportsmanlike penalties, Bassett to settle for a field goal. I don't, that Bills team, great story. Diggs played great this year, took him over the heart, but a lot of undisciplined mistakes. And yeah, they they played good, but if you guys watched them, did you guys really think they'd be able to go into Arrowhead and win the game? No. That's why it's important to watch the games. And see what is going on. Because with how they played, like anyone that truly knows football and understands it should have known that they weren't going to be able to go in there and pull that off. So, But it was a good day of football. Um, I'll be back on Saturday. Talk a little bit more about sports. Don't really have a plan yet for the Saturday show. I'll be putting that together this week. Also, this week, hopefully I'll be able to give my year-end review in terms of fantasy stuff I learned, players that I were high on, players I weren't high on that did well. Silver Star Sports is going to be coming on the day before the Super Bowl. Him and I are just going to give a little preview about the Super Bowl, talk a little Super Bowl. And off the post, Boston Sports is going to be coming on the following week. I'm going to be talking a little bit in NASCAR. But that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Give the like, subscribe, you know, whatever you need to do. Give me a five-star pour for war if you're living on Apple Podcast. Have a good day. I will talk to everyone soon. Be safe. Be well.